Do you need to see project-based learning to believe it? Do you want to see a high-quality PBL environment before you commit your building to project-based learning? Do you want to make sure that you have a three-year plan before you start moving towards PBL so it doesn't fizzle out? If you are thinking about moving your building towards project-based learning, I hope that you're answering yes to these questions. And even if you're that maverick that's like, no, I don't need that, we're just going to do it, I guarantee you that there are people on your leadership team that have these questions. They need to see it to believe it. They need to see what high-quality PBL looks like so they know what they're bringing to your building. You need more than a one-year plan or a good idea before you start moving your entire staff to PBL. And you can do all of this over two days with our design days. We have a two-day design experience where you plan out your next three years of PBL implementation with your leadership team. This means that the idea, the vision is not just yours anymore. It becomes a grassroots movement. When you leave these design days, you have momentum. And we're going to house this in one of our model schools during a live school day. So what we do is we kind of accordion in and out. You go into classrooms and then you come back in to plan your plan. You go out and do a panel with students, teachers, the administrators, and then you take time with your leadership team to plan out your strategy for your school. You leave with a customized three-year plan and we're going to give you feedback before you leave. And all of this happens in a nationally recognized PBL model school. Now, you have questions and if you don't, your leadership team does. You've got questions like, what does the schedule look like in a PBL school? You've got questions like, how do you hire? How do teachers plan? Uh, How do students interact with community partners? And you want to go right to the source to ask these questions. When you sign up, we actually give you some questions to plan before you even come to the two-day event. That's going to be customized specifically for you so that your team's ready. But once you get there, you're going to come up with new questions. But all of them get answered by the people that are doing the work in a model school while you get to see the work. There's nowhere to hide because you get to talk directly to the students themselves and see the high-quality work, the culture, the environment they're working in. This is one of the most impactful workshops that you can attend to get started with PBL. Click on the link in the show notes to book your design days to get started on your PBL journey today. All right, visionary leaders, welcome back to the PBL Simplified podcast. We're super excited to have a leadership guest for you. And we've got, uh, I think, a really neat episode lined up. Where we're going to talk about the brain and responding, reacting, like some, some geeky stuff that you're going to love. So we've got Tracy Pleshcourt on, and she's the founder of Self Made You and the co-host of Tracy and Gracie Becoming Podcast, which is very rhymy, but here's why. Tracy shares the podcast stage with her daughter, Gracie, a recent college graduate and now business partner to talk about life, coaching, and entrepreneurship. Absolutely love that. Tracy dedicates her work to ambitious lifelong learners, yearning her so- for solutions and seeking a better way to create the results they desire and deserve. She instills confidence and a call to action that leads to maximum achievement and happiness which I know our visionary leader who's listening is absolutely looking for. There's a lot of words in there that we love, Tracy. Thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, I think you're in the right place. Uh, like I said, you've got a lot of words in your bio that that we really appreciate. Lifelong learning, you know, these maximum achievement. We've got high flyers on this podcast that are leading schools, they're leading districts, and they're trying to change education, which is not easy because there's a lot of inertia to go back to, you know, uh, desks that are in rows and we just talk for 48 minutes. And so we've got those leaders that are trying to change things. And like I said, we've got the right person on today. So I'm excited for this episode. We start every episode with the same question. 
And that is what is your why? So what is the your why for the work that you do? Yeah, well, that is very easy because I have realized that the work that I do limits and sometimes eliminates the unnecessary suffering that I think we all go through as human beings. Um, We think that the answer to anything that we desire um, exists outside of us. And that's simply not true. And that belief that the answers exist outside of us really cause us this chase, this never ending chase, um, this very unfulfilling chase. And so I like to teach people that, you know, the answer is actually within, which I know sounds very woo woo, but I actually have a system that I teach people to utilize to, you know, make decisions to eliminate that unnecessary suffering and to really like activate from a very confident type place or position. And so to answer your question, I've seen how people have put this system into play in unlimited ways. And it really has done one thing, which looks like eliminating the unnecessary suffering, these beat downs, these, you know, the um, anxiety, the depression that people suffer from. And so I will keep doing this as long as people are willing to listen and actually apply it because, you know, it's more than just the insight. It does take application and refining that application, Mm -hmm. but you know, people who are motivated are the people that have never looked within to find an answer that they have been operating through this belief that the answer is outside of them. So, um, yeah, I just want to kind of offer people that there's a new way of thinking about the answers to your uh, solutions, to the, your problems, to your goals. And um, that's probably first and foremost. And secondly, I know that when you recognize, you know, your abilities to like rely on yourself, it really does relieve a lot of unnecessary suffering. So that's my why. There you go. I mean, if if we can help people relieve unnecessary suffering, like I think everybody's raising their hand right now, right? Even if you're mm-hmm. driving, like keep one hand on the wheel, but you're raising your hand for that. So, and we're going to get into some really practical pieces, which I'm excited about. What does it look like for you though? Just if we can get into the, that was your why, a little bit of your what, like how, or your how, how do you help people do this? Is it coaching, workshops, writing? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I do give a lot of, um, insight, a lot of intel away for free. So every Friday, my daughter and I um, hold classes. Um, It's either a free coaching Friday, so people can bring any sort of goals or problems that they have. And for a half an hour, we just put people in the hot seat and we coach them using our methodology so that Um, people understand what it looks like to coach themselves. You know, obviously Mm. we're on there as the coaches coaching, but we, we position it, we frame it as these are the questions you would ask yourself. um, If we weren't here, our goal, our mission is really to make people, you know, dependent on themselves, not dependent on us. So we're teaching them how to coach themselves. Every Friday, we have free coaching Friday where you can come and really refine your skills, get better questions to ask yourself. Um, 
And then when we don't have a free coaching Friday, we have a masterclass where we actually apply our system, our four-step system to something very specific. So for example, last week, last Friday, we focused on professional performance. So this was for anybody who considers them a professional that really wants to up-level in their career, um, you know, or maybe they've been recently laid off, you know, any sort of goal or challenge that they're having, we applied our system very specifically to professional type challenges. So we do that. And we, you know, I think we get the opportunity to impact thousands of lives through that. And then we do have paid programming. Um, I think that you could learn an awful lot through all of our free resources. But if you're somebody who then wants kind of that ongoing support of a coach, that's where we really come in and offer paid um, resources. And so we have 10 week programs where we again, apply the system very specifically on things like overeating or over drinking or, um, or leadership. Um, we actually even have a coach program for the people who love this methodology and want to, to formally teach other people this. We have a program for that. So lots and lots of programming and it all falls under um, the umbrella of a membership. So most people go through that door to just really kind of, you know, embody this work as a part of their life. Um, so we do have a lot of offerings and then we, yeah. we put ourselves on a lot of different podcasts to really try to become a household name. I come out of the world of advertising. So I very much appreciate good branding. And I tell my daughter all the time, I want self-made you to become the Kleenex of the self-help industry. So, you know, we all talk about, you know, how we ask for a Kleenex instead of a tissue. That's because they've done fantastic branding, you know, and yeah. I want to be the, I, I want self-made you to be the Kleenex of the self-help industry that everybody thinks of us when they have a problem to solve. Because what our mission is, is to teach you how to coach yourself, not to be dependent on a life yeah. coach or a leadership coach or any other coach only go to them for the refinement part of it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love, I love that you're offering free coaching Friday. That's so cool. And because especially if you're if you're a visionary leader and you've never done some kind of life or leadership coaching, I I think you need to jump into that. I'm a huge proponent. I'm involved in coaching and masterminds, and um, I, I think it just helps you re, kind of re up your skills, and in some ways takes away some of that loneliness of leadership that we all feel as we're yeah. leading these these huge initiatives. So. Let's dive into some kind of specific practical pieces. We've got principles that are dealing with conflict in some way every day, even in great buildings, right? Even in great buildings where things are running well, great cultures, there's still things that are going to happen because it's people work, right? There are people involved. Yeah. So yeah. Tracy, can you can you kind of take us through this one? What's the difference between responding and reacting? Yeah. So reacting happens when we are listening and believing those saboteur narratives, you know, that those messages have been brought forward almost our entire life. You know, we were born very free of messaging, but quite quickly we are exposed to the messaging of our parents, of our culture, you know, we're indoctrinated into so much, so many messages. And so um, you have to have 
the ability to see or hear what it is that you're listening to. Because if you don't, you are very likely to react. And that's just a function of our brain. So I like to be very simple in my explanation of neuroscience. But if you take that three pound organ that exists between your ears, and you were to cut it straight down the middle, the left side is what is considered your primitive brain. And its purpose is to keep you safe and to keep you alive. And so if we were in a primitive state, the kind of thoughts that it would be offering us, the very dramatic thoughts like run right now <laughs> or eat right now, right. you know, those would be appropriate. But we're not in a primitive state and we're not in most of the time, we're not in any danger. But, you know, we haven't, our brain hasn't really caught up to today's like day and age. And so we react. We don't question that thinking. We just very habitually react. Our primitive brain has three primary functions. It's to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. So it wants to expend as little energy as possible. It just kind of runs on autopilot. So it makes perfect sense if you're somebody who wants to stop overeating and you walk past a plate of cookies in the kitchen and you have this thought that you don't even really realize you have that creates a, a, an urge. And before you know it, you've eaten three cookies. It's because that thought that you were unaware of sounded like you better eat those before somebody else does or before somebody takes them away or before they're not there anymore. Right. And it is a very dramatic thought because cookies are pretty accessible at any time, anywhere, but sure. we have that primitive brain thought that we better eat it right now. And it's just like, before you even know it, you've eaten it. And then you sit back and you question, you're like, oh, darn, I was supposed to be on a diet today. Why did I just do that? Well, that's the neural pathway that is so well established that you've always listened to unintentionally and reacted to it. So it's so quick that you don't even realize it's happening. So that's happening from that primitive brain. It's very dramatic and it's very fear-based and it's very familiar. So you don't even realize that you're having those kind of thoughts. So the other part of your brain that I like to call your prodigy brain, because it's the more extraordinary part of your brain, um, it has you responding, not reacting. You can be a lot more present. You can actually hear or see those thoughts. You can actually question those thoughts. And, but I will say that that part of your brain has to be strengthened because mm. we have spent so much time reacting on default from our primitive brain, because we didn't know that the other part really existed and could be leveraged for, to our advantage, that it's not strong. And so we have to do things to actively strengthen it. It starts with being aware of how you're feeling at any given moment, because how you're feeling is a result of what it is that you're thinking. Your thoughts create your feelings. So if you can stay present enough or even set an alarm to like trigger you to ask yourself, how am I feeling at any given moment and be able to connect the dots back to your thinking that is an intentional action that starts to strengthen your prodigy brain. 
Did you just have a major PBL win and you've got to share it with somebody? Let's do it on the podcast. If you go to pblshare.com, you can share your win and then I'm going to bring it to people right here on the podcast so that all of our listeners can hear it. And you, you need to share your wins. It's good for you, right? But it's also good for other people who are in the trenches doing this work, trying to change school culture, trying to change instructional methods, trying to change mindsets. It's hard work. We need to hear your wins because it's encouraging. So go to pblshare.com to share your win today. So the difference between reacting and responding is one is intentional and one is not. One happens quite regularly because we're operating by default from our primitive brain and the other takes you know intention it takes us strengthening so that we can be more aware of those thoughts that we're listening to but responding almost always <laughs> works out better we know how the story ends when we're reacting yeah, when we have right. reactions in all areas of our life whether we're talking about relationships our professional life our health and wellness you know reacting doesn't usually end well, you know, actually having, making a decision does. Right. And, and, and our visionary leaders, like in some form we've, as leaders, I think at some point we've figured this out, right. That I can't just react with whatever it is I'm thinking, like, you know, a learner in, in the classroom does something just crazy. And we know there's a background to that, but then I, I like your idea of kind of looking at as, as strengthening this, right. Like, I've never really done enough push-ups, right? Like I can do more as I, you know, as I'm doing more strength training. And I wonder if it's the same thing in our reactions to students or to our staff is like we've probably mastered a certain level of responding versus reacting, or we wouldn't be in leadership, right? Like you just don't make it. You can't literally say whatever it is you're thinking. It just doesn't work like that. Right. But there's also probably a, a threshold to that, right? Like there are probably some situations that come up and I do react versus respond. And I think I heard you say the way that I level up or the way that I maybe lift more weights in this area is to, what was I feeling then? What was I thinking then? So the next time this comes up, I respond versus react. Is that fair? That's yeah, that's spot on. And because what that does is that provides you evidence that you actually are in control of your feelings that have you behaving, ultimately creating your results. So most people think that results just happen, like they're at the effect of circumstances. And that's not true. We have the ultimate control when we recognize that we can think whatever we want about a circumstance that will then create a feeling that will then drive our behaviors. But you have to be able to connect the dots and prove that to yourself to actually be able to play that theory out and then test it and then go, okay, now things are starting to make more sense to me. And that's where the self-control comes in. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I might not have control over what that child or what that teacher or what that parent is saying or doing, but I do have control over how I'm going to think about that because I know for sure the way I think about that particular circumstance creates how I'm feeling and how I'm feeling drives how I behave and my behaviors create my results, my life experiences, my professional career, my relationships, right? And so it makes sense to start with just understanding how you're feeling and connecting the dots back 
to the thought that created that because that's creating this applied learning experience for you. You're creating the evidence and you can connect the dots. And so then it makes perfect sense that you can kind of reverse architect it and be intentional and get exactly what it is that you want. So I literally, right before we got on this podcast, I was planning out my day and I not only put my commitments into the, you know, the appropriate time slot, I actually go two steps further and I decide how it is that I want to be feeling. So I decided Mm. how I wanted to feel on your podcast. And then once I decided how I wanted to feel, I I asked myself, and what would I have to be believing to feel that? Mm. Because I know when I'm feeling the way I want to feel, I, with intention, create results that I want. And so I wanted to come on here and feel very resourceful, very helpful. And so that what I have to be believing is that, you know, I know I have the answer to unnecessary suffering, but just coming on here and being like, well, here it is. It requires me to listen, right. And to find out what it is that you want to know. And so that positions me in the right way to like come here and actually help people. Whereas if I wasn't making decisions ahead of time, I'd just kind of be leaving it all to fate. And I know that that's just not the way I like to create my days, but that's what it looks like to be intentional about well, your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Yeah, this is so good. And and for our visionary leader that's listening, like, yes, maybe this is for you, but I also like you could play this section back again, I think, and and create a system where you can help your teachers walk through this, right? So I just think about, you know, seventh period is a tough one, you know, for Mr. Stoyer and occasionally he'll go, he'll lose it. Like he'll go off the handle and he'll react. So it's like, well, you can wait for seventh period tomorrow, but if you haven't changed anything or planned anything or thought through feelings and thoughts and decisions, then you're likely going to get the same result, right? Like Mr. Story is going to be upset again. And, and I think it's important to note that, that we can strengthen this, right? Like I remember when I was in the classroom teaching eighth grade and Alex, Alex G, um, he did something. So I said, you know, Alex, you can't do that. And he just said, F you, Mr. Stoyer. And I said, well, Alex, I appreciate you using respect and saying, Mr., but you can't say those other words in our classroom. You're going to need to leave for a little bit. And I told that story to one teacher and he goes, there's no way I could have reacted like that. You know, but I knew the background that Alex had and I knew that, you know, he was bringing some extra baggage that day and it wasn't me. He was taking that out on, right? I, I guess it was, but it wasn't because of me, right? Or our relationship. Right. And I'd already right. made that decision, right? So helping our teachers, you know, kind of walk through this process, I think can be a really great tool for our principals. I really thank you for like spelling that out, Tracy. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And I'd love to give them a, a little bit more of a framework to be able to use. If yeah. Is, is this your self-control system? Yeah. Yes. That is on my list. So I do want All you right. to go there. So let's, let's do that right now. Let's go there. Yeah. So, you know, you can use this system either in retrospect, like Brian just mentioned, you know, so I had this experience and I know that it's very likely to show up again in, you know, some iteration of it. And so you can use this in retrospect or you can use it like for making decisions ahead of time. It works either way. But I use the acronym SELF, S-E-L-F 
because it really does create a sense of self-reliance and self-control. It really makes you understand the value of coaching yourself um, mm-hmm. because all it is, is a series of asking yourself questions. It keeps you more present and it certainly keeps you intentional. So the S stands for start with a decision. You start with a decision. What is it that I want? So in retrospect, that would be like, how do I want to feel about that interaction with that child yesterday or that teacher or that parent? How do I want to feel today about that? Making a decision, just like I did right before I got on your podcast. So I start with a decision. I can ask myself a series of questions that will create very intentional decisions. Why do I want to feel that way? What would I have to be thinking to feel that way? Where am I at currently in relationship to where it is that I want to be? That's a great question to ask yourself every single day. And then how am I thinking about that? How am I thinking about where I'm at currently in relation to where I want to be? That right there can really open up your eyes as to why you might feel stuck with some of your relationships, some of your goals, some of your um, even your health and wellness, um, desires, yeah, every, every principal has a teacher that they can't quite get on board. And every teacher has a student or two. that's like, I just can't quite get them motivated and on board. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it start with a decision. Then the second step, the E is eliminate the self-sabotage. So we, by default are listening to those saboteur narratives that are coming from our primitive brain. There are 10 very typical saboteur narratives. The most universal that I think exists in all of our brains is the judge where we are judging ourselves very harshly. We're judging other people and we're judging circumstances. So when you're judging a circumstance, it sounds like I'll be happy when this day is over. Mm. I'll be successful when I finally get this teacher on board. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what it sounds like to judge a circumstance or I should have, or I never, or I always, or they shouldn't or never, or always. That's what it sounds like to judge other people and yourself. Of course, there's the hyper achiever, which I think a lot of Americans and Canadians can, can relate to. Um, This too tends to be very, universal where we aren't ever fully satisfied. It feels like, you know, we have this one objective or this one end goal in mind, but it seems like the the finish line just keeps on moving, you know, and you often don't succeed because, or you don't even try, you almost fail ahead of time because you believe that everything has to be done perfectly And therefore that keeps you from actually trying. So you think that I'm not going to be able to get this teacher fully on board. So I'm not even going to try. That's such a self-sabotaging move because that hyperachiever narrative is telling you it's got to be all or nothing. It's very black and white in its thinking. It leaves you feeling vulnerable, um, depressed, very fearful. But I will also mention that the person that experiences those hyperachiever narratives are inherently driven, pragmatic, goal-oriented, self-directed people who are very capable of growing themselves and others. What is actually happening is that this 
saboteur narrative is like kind of using and abusing your inherent strengths, kind of overusing it. And that's where these hyperachiever sabotaging narratives come from. So knowing that, just knowing that can really help you turn down the volume of those narratives. So we offer a free saboteur assessment that enlightens people into which ones am I listening to? Which ones are most prominent in my day to day? Um, that can be so helpful because like I said, you can kind of be on the lookout for them where, where those are showing up. And the antidote or the way to kind of quiet, turn down the volume, quiet that mind chatter is with empathy, is with discovery. What are all of the factors involved that I might not be seeing? You can be a lot more innovative. Like, but these strengths are only available to you from your prodigy brain. So the S is making a decision. The E is eliminating that saboteur narrative. You got to know, you got to know what enemy you're fighting. So either really going within and seeing kind of what patterns show up so you can start looking for those saboteur narratives so that you can have more compassion for yourself. I'm not broken. I just haven't been taught or my prodigy brain isn't strong enough to be able to see what's actually happening so I can respond. You know, you can have compassion for yourself. Having compassion and empathy for yourself always allows you to extend it to others, but you got to have it for yourself first. So being able to tap into those inherent strengths, leveraging those inherent strengths, that's the L, leveraging these inherent strengths that are only available to you from your prodigy brain. And then finally, finishing with a decision. What are the three steps that I can commit to right now, knowing that those primitive saboteur narratives are going to show up? They're never going to go away, but I can actually move forward even in spite of them, even with them there. It doesn't have to be an either or, it can be an and. They can exist and I can have empathy for myself because now I know why they exist. I know what my patterns are. I don't actually have to keep repeating those patterns. I can ask myself questions. I can look at all the the factors that are involved. I can be a lot more innovative in this particular circumstance, but it requires you to do this kind of self-coaching following these four steps, start with a decision, eliminate the self-sabotage, leverage those strengths and finish with a decision. What are the three steps that I can take right now with clear, concise, laser focus, knowing that I'm going to learn something or I'm going to move closer to what it is that I want. I I always love a system, right? And what I, what I also hear is that we're able to take control in some form of this situation, right? Like again, like sometimes seventh period just feels like it's out of my control. There's nothing I can do, right? I'm not sure how to ask for help even because then I feel like I, you know, I won't look right. I won't look strong as a teacher. And I, I feel like the system, the self system allows me to take control of what I can control, right? right. These are the things I can control. I can't control Alex and how his day is going to go and how it'll start, but I can control Mr. Stoyer, right? And how I show up and I can make some decisions before I get there. Exactly. So when you look at this self-system, um, how does this 
how does this work with adults? Let's start there. And then I'd also like to hear what, what you think maybe student, how we could pass this on to students. Cause I could see, I would love for our students to show up where they've already decided, you know, how their day is going to go. But let's start with the adults. Let's start with, maybe let's start with principles. Let's start there. Cause right. We have to be able to show it and, and demonstrate it before we can teach it and pass it on. So how could right. a principal, you know, kind of bring this about? Yeah. Well, it, it does start with some compassion for yourself. So if you are kind of stuck in that place of beating yourself up for either not yet having what it is that you want, whether you know a stronger relationship with a teacher or um, buy-in from you know a board member or whatever it is, like you have to have some compassion for yourself because we all have been adhering to this look for your solutions outside of yourself, right? So so Tracy, can I interrupt for a second? Because I know that our high flyer audience is like, yeah, that is a little woo-woo, right? Like I'm not, like I'm not gonna have, do I give myself a hug? Like I'm not giving oh. myself a hug in the morning. Like that's not gonna happen. So like what does that practically look like for right for the principal? They're gonna get up at 5 a.m. They're gonna be in the building before anybody else, right? Like they're high flyers. So what does it look like to you know practically have compassion for myself? Yeah. Okay. So know what it is that you're feeling in this moment. So if you don't have access to a vocabulary list of emotions, Mm. get one. You can Google feelings wheel. So hold on, just I got to talk to our listener for a second, Tracy, like, hey, high flying, like principal, it's okay to have feelings, right? Like, like you're, you're allowed to have, you're having feelings, whether you recognize them or not, like, it's okay. So like, just try to figure out like what it looks like. All right, go ahead, Tracy. I just had to give him permission. So yes, yes. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, have the basic five, I'm feeling good, bad, sad, angry, mad, right? Yeah. It's like, but really getting more specific and expanding your vocabulary on mm. emotions to really get like, close to what it is that you are actually experiencing. Because this is an, an an exercise in better understanding yourself, better understanding how much control you have over your results, over your experiences. And so you want to be able to clearly understand, oh, I had that thought that created this feeling. But if you don't know what this feeling is, you will just, you know, bulldoze your way through the day mm-hmm. feeling it. and reacting to it. And you'll just keep compounding these results that arguably you don't want to have. So let's just all agree that, you know, the way that we were taught to kind of carry on hasn't actually worked for us. And, Mm. you know, when I'm talking to people other than teachers, (laughs) what I normally say is, you know, we were all taught what to think. We were all taught what to think. And then we were tested on, you know, how well we can retain what it was that we were taught to think. But were we ever taught how to think, how to question these thoughts that are on default that are actually sabotaging us? So I have a ton of empathy and compassion for people who believe that they're broken when in reality they weren't taught how to think. So when I saw that I was being invited onto your podcast, I was like, oh, here we go. Because I love getting to the root of where we can create impact. And 
boy, oh boy, do I believe that it is with the young people. But I also believe that this is in this is what it we need to be modeling as yeah. adults and as people who are in in these unbelievable roles that get to impact these young minds and you know an exponential in an exponential way is yep. when we're talking to the principals and the teachers of course so um it does start with you it does start with you understanding that it's going to require you to slow down and really connect the dots between your feelings and your behaviors because if you don't connect the dots, you will continue to run on default. You will not be able to model the kind of behavior that is actually going to change our world that looks like taking responsibility for your results in every aspect of life. And so if we want to teach that to our children, it's got to start with us. We have to be able to model that. And so asking yourself, what am I feeling right now and why? And, and then going the other direction is, and how do I show up when I'm feeling that way? It's a super powerful question to ask yourself. Yep. And what does that create for me? So that's what it looks like to coach yourself. So to yep. answer your question, Ryan, what I would tell the principal is to take 10 minutes every single morning to coach themselves. Mm. And it's yeah. start with a decision. What do I want? What's the saboteur narrative? that is either showing up right now or most likely to show up. There is a kind of a bridge that um, that kind of gets over that gap from your primitive to your prodigy brain. And I like to quiet my mind with a little bit of deep breathing. Um, some people love to meditate, but you want to do something that calms down your neurosystem, your um nervous system, especially if you're in the moment, you know, if there's, yeah. if you're in active conflict and you know, your likelihood is to react, you know, taking some deep breaths in to just calm down, to regulate your nervous system is what gets you from your primitive, very reactive fear-based brain operating from your prodigy brain, your prefrontal cortex. So these are all very tangible, very specific technical things, even though they do lean into the woo-woo, they are so critically important. And so I just would say, if you have never tried it, um, mm -hmm. you know, don't underestimate the power of it. Yeah, for sure. I love this 10 minute exercise too. You know, I think uh, a confident mind with Dr. Zinsery would back this up, right. With like elite, elite athletes or, you know, you, you need to take that time and as a principal, you know, if there is some conflict, like it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? I need 10 minutes and then I'll come back and I'll address this. Right. And you do just that you go and you center yourself. And I, again, I like having a structure that I can come back to, you know, what is the decision that I want, that I want to make of how I'm going to show up for this situation that I didn't choose, but I'm in it. And it's my job to take care of this. So eliminate the self-sabotage, you know, leverage your inherent strengths and then finish with the decision. Like what are the steps you can do to be your best self in this time. Like, I love that. Uh, I would also push our listener this direction. And then I'm going to ask you for a resource we can start with, Tracy, is even this idea of, you know, identifying our emotions and how that, how we show up. What does that look like for your teachers? And what does it look like for your students? Like, if your learners could use this, like, it's a game changer, but you're going to have to model that. 
And some of our visionary learners, like we know that, um, our visionary leaders, they know that. So how can you model this? And then how can you pass it on to teachers? How can they pass it on to students? If you grasp that, you'll probably need to listen to this podcast episode again and get some resources from Tracy. But there's some power in that if you can really create that into a system. So Tracy, we've talked about a lot of stuff in this episode that's been really good, very practical, which I appreciate. You've got a ton of resources. We're going to put all of them in the show notes so people can get to them. But where would you suggest that we start as a principal? Where do you think we should start with some of these things? Yeah, I would say find white space on your calendar. So if you use a Mm. digital calendar or you use a paper calendar, I want you to look and find the white space. That's literally where it starts is because we, you know, are so good at booking out our entire day and thinking Mm. that, okay, now we're ready and we've left no time for ourselves. So as early in your day as you can get it, get those 10 minutes in and, and really tell yourself that this is what it looks like to take care of myself. This is what it looks like to, you know, be pour into myself so that I can give to all these other people. So that is where it starts. Um, I have a, a sheet that really gives you a lot of questions to ask yourself at each of those four steps. Um, so I'll make sure that I get that link to you because with you know having those questions right in front of you, they are the heavy hitter questions and yeah. they will really create a sense of better understanding yourself. And that's the curriculum. Like for any principal or teacher out there, that's the curriculum that you need right now is, is like self 101. You have to understand yourself to be able to go out and then, you know, kill that day that you have planned yeah. so strategically, but you've got to make that time for yourself and it's got to be early on in your day. Yep. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. Tracy, thank you for being on today. Thank you for sharing your expertise and bringing it into some practical case studies for us uh, to be able to go out and apply. Appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, visionary leader. Uh, you just got uh, a bunch of tools that you can put in your toolkit. So I want you to find one or two and, and, and implement those, right? Take 10 minutes. And like Tracy said, don't, I'm going to, adjust just a little bit. Don't look for white space, make white space. Like I need you to put it in there because you don't have white space on there. Right. So, and this is what Tracy meant too. She's nodding your head, right? If you, if you're listening to this audio, like she's nodding your head, like you have to make that space because no one's going to give it to you. No one else is going to suggest it for you. So make that space and implement some of these tools and do it right away. Right. And just do it for a week and see what happens. Uh, So we'll have those resources in the show notes. So you can go grab those. And as you up your leadership. You're going to engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms. So go lead inspired. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the PBL Simplified Podcast. I appreciate you. I'm honored that you tune in each week. Would you please take two minutes to leave a rating and a review? When you leave a review, it lets the next person know that this is a podcast worth listening to. When they go into their player and search project-based learning and PBL Simplified popped up, When they see those reviews, they know that high-quality visionary leaders are listening, so they tune in too, and they can find their way into the PBL journey. Thank you so much for leaving a review. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you.